0: Hey, mamas, and welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. Today, we are chatting all about maternal assisted caesarean births. Enjoy. Hey, mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes. It's time for you to get you through. Let's take some time for you. It's pregnancy with physio. Hey, mamas, and welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. I am dropping in for the second time this week because I have the second part of my interview with Dr. Natalie Elfingston all about cesarean births, and this one is close to my heart. I've had two previous cesarean sections, and at the initial mapping out of my third birth, I really thought I would have a maternal assisted cesarean. I wanted autonomy. I wanted to feel more in control. I wanted to feel like an active participant in my birth. And I was very interested in going down this pathway until, you know, if, I'm sure if you've heard my third birth story, the universe threw me a total loop and I went in a totally different direction. And it was amazing. But had I not gone down that trajectory, this is where I was headed. And I think there's so much power in being able to see what options we have for us because it's not just throwing the baby out with the bathwater. If you need to have intervention, if you need to have a surgical birth, there's so many ways we can make this beautiful, woman centered. And Dr. Natalie is definitely leading the way in trying to get this out there and making sure more and more people are aware of options that they can have for cesarean birth. So I think you're going to love this chat if you are in this unique position where you may be considering a maternal assisted cesarean. I hope you enjoy this chat. You can connect with Natalie at Dr. Natalie Alphinston. And as always, you can find me at Physio Laura. If you'd like to chat more, let me know what you thought about this episode. Come and find me. But without further ado, let's jump right in. Now, let's talk about maternal assisted cesarean. So you seem to be very popular in this topic at the moment. I've seen a number of podcast interviews and you're the person really pushing this forward, particularly on social media, which I think is great because we're going to talk a little bit later on about how you've helped implement this literally worldwide, but it's gaining momentum, right? Like More and more people are aware of this now. I, I entertained that for my third birth, but i didn't never even heard about that before that. So that's, I feel for me anyway, as just like an everyday woman, I feel it's only really been on my radar the last five years. I would love to know, could you explain what that is for the woman listening that's, I've never heard of that, I have no idea what that is, and where your inspiration came from to start using
1: this as a way to give birth? Yeah, so when we talk about maternal assisted cesarean or there's obviously other words for that, birther-assisted cesarean, partner assisted cesarean, whatever you would like to call it, usually we tend to say at the moment maternal assisted cesarean. The idea there is that of course me as the operating obstetrician is still performing the cesarean. I haven't got to a DIY scenario <laughs> just yet. But I'll perform the cesarean, meaning I'll make the incision in the abdomen and then through the uterus I will to be able to get the baby's usually head. Most babies are coming head first to be able to get the head out, maybe arms out. And then for the, the mother or her partner or whoever she is delegated, if you like, who is surgically prepped and ready and scrubbed and gowned and gloved and all of this kind of jazz, so sterile, is able to then reach down and be able to lift up her baby, hold her baby, put her baby straight onto her chest and actually just participate in the birth mm-hmm. of her baby, which is, of course, at a cesarean birth has traditionally not been the case. You, you as the woman, will lie down on the table and you don't have the ability to moon. And then maybe we show you this baby over the top of the curtain, or maybe we don't even do that. Maybe the baby's whisked off to the pediatrician, et cetera. And, and then maybe the baby comes back to you wrapped in its little bundle of blankets. And that's often been the sort of traditional way of doing a cesarean. For many years and women feel perhaps less than birth, less than participants. They're just there. And so this idea of being able to then be involved in the birth of your baby comes from, in my mind, it stems from trying to achieve as close to a vaginal birth or the advantages or benefits of a vaginal birth such as that active participation, such as that direct skin to or, skin or those sort of advantages, but a cesarean birth instead.
0: I love that. And what was your personal motivation to train up in this area? Had you noticed that women weren't having great experiences with C-sections or were women saying that they wanted to be more involved or were you seeing it from someone else? Like, where did it come from for you personally?
1: Yeah, actually probably just came from the same place as it came from most other women as well. It came from social media because other <laughs> people were doing it. I And then, it, then, again, like most of my other stories, comes from a patient just asking me if that's mm. what she could achieve for her birth uh, and then me going away and doing a bit of research about it and looking into it. And even though I had never done one before and even though the hospital had never done one before, I have never seen one before. But instead of using all of those as excuses, just saying, "Mm, maybe we can do this. Let me look into it and let me figure out how we might go about doing that. And and I went ahead and did all of that background work, if you like, and then turns out that we can do it. And so we did it uh, for the first time. And then once you do it the first time, and then you realize also what the benefits are for women, because I've certainly not had any woman. Complain to me afterwards that she regrets that decision to do that. I've only ever had positive feedback from women who have done it, but how important it is. I was going to say, what benefits do you see are important for a maternal assisted caesarean? I think it's definitely number one, just that psychological element of her. If we're going to talk about having control, this is her having control in a caesarean birth. But it's more than that, it's about, I, Me personally, I haven't had cesarean births, so I don't truly know what it must feel like to just lie there, be numb from the waist down and then have this baby extracted from me by somebody else and then be told, now you're a mom, this is your baby how that must actually feel, let alone if it's then done under, say, emergency circumstances or traumatic circumstances when you were purposely wanting something different for your birth and now this is what your birth has become. We know that there is a lot of trauma that's associated, psychological trauma that's associated with births that go in a direction that you haven't anticipated or that you were not desiring to go down. And that's what cesarean birth can often be for women. And so if that's happened to you once before, and so now you're here in your second pregnancy, for example, and you're doing that great debate about do I aim for a cesarean birth or do I aim for a vaginal birth? And that's always the first conversation that needs to be had first. I don't want it to ever maternal-assisted cesareans to become this selling card, if you like, of why you should do a cesarean. It should always be the conversation first about is a cesarean birth your best choice for you? But if the answer is yes, a cesarean birth is the best choice for you. Now, how can we make it the best cesarean birth for you that it can possibly be? And certainly, not everybody thinks a maternal assisted cesarean is the best choice for them either. It is I definitely have many of my women who have been then offered this choice, and they are not keen to go down this pathway either, and that's fine. But for some women especially, I would say, those women who have had a previously traumatical, difficult cesarean birth, that this cesarean birth experience is so much more empowering for them, so much joy and victory and accomplishment that comes with this as well, and, of course, then bonding with your baby because now you have given birth. You have done this and you have been the first person to lay hands on this baby and put this baby on your chest and you can see it and you can smell it and you can feel it and can taste it if you want to like whatever. And now you know you know that you're a mother that you have birthed this baby.
0: Mm, I think that's so beautiful. I've personally had cesarean births and I definitely resonate with feeling like a passive player, like feeling like birth was happening to you that you weren't really actively involved in it and then feeling that little bit of disconnect. So I can definitely see the appeal of maternal cesareans, like you said, for some women because I've also mentioned it to other women. They're like, oh, my God, that's disgusting. I couldn't have, I don't want to know about that. I don't want to see it, nothing. But there's definitely women that are like, yes, I want to be there. I want to be involved. I want to be the first person to be holding my baby. I don't want to have that disconnection. And I dare say that's improving maternal mental health outcomes and bonding and breastfeeding rates and so many other flow-on effects from women being able to do this. So take me back, Natalie, to that first maternal assisted cesarean. Imagine this is the first time you'd done it. Is it the first time the hospital had done it as well?
1: Yes. How did that feel? That must have felt. (laughs) I was nervous for a start, (laughs) definitely, because I knew, especially by the time we got to that, doing that first one that I was really super invested in making sure that this went smoothly without a hitch because Mm -hmm. I was anticipating that certainly if this first one come up with problems, so to speak, that it might have been shut down at that point. Mm -hmm. So I was extra invested in making sure that this first one went smoothly without a hitch. Yeah, And it is a much bigger, it is not just me being prepared surgically and making sure I knew all of the steps and it was more than just having the woman prepared to know what it was going, what she was anticipating and what it was going to look like and all of the extra steps that she was going to take. But it took time to make sure that the anaesthetist, for example, was on board with this as well. And with all of the adjustments that they need to make, we needed to make sure the pediatrician was on board with this and all of the adjustments that it was going to mean for them and all of the theatre staff as well. So it's not I think sometimes we go, oh, it's just it's whether or not the obstetrician agrees to this or doesn't agree to this. It is much bigger than that. It does involve a lot of people all being on the same page. And there is this extra sort of preparation that goes into it. There's a bit of extra equipment, for example, and there's extra time that's required to get her sterile. And we need to keep it in mind at all times so that at the end of the day, A cesarean is still a surgery, so from the perspective of needing to make sure that we follow very strict protocols and guidelines in terms of maintaining safety in this surgical procedure, but then balancing that also about where it is still safe to continue, that why then can't we adjust the way that we do things so that she can be more involved? and and then to have this experience. And it turns out that you can do both. Tick. Yeah, I love that. And how many maternal assisted births have you gone on to
0: do since then?
1: I think it is about 30 or 40. It's not actually that, that many. That's, still, that's a
0: lot. That's a lot. It's still very fresh. I think that's amazing. And I'm wondering for women, I've done a few podcast episodes on this, but while we're talking about it, What other factors do you encourage women to think about when it comes to cesarean section, whether or not they're having a maternal assisted cesarean, but just to make the environment really beautiful and really personal and really warm and loving? Because I do know that a lot of women, myself included, thinks that you just have to throw the baby out with the bathwater and that if you're having a cesarean and you throw out your whole birth plan and you just have to go with the surgery and you can't have any preferences and whatnot. And I've obviously come to learn that's absolutely not the case. But what do you encourage women to think about to make that environment really warm and beautiful and full of oxytocin, regardless of whether it's maternal assisted or not?
1: Yeah, that's right. Because I think we talk about maternal assisted caesarean as one end of the spectrum of good caesarean birth and then feel like anything that's not that is all in this other category of cold and disconnected and whatnot. And of course, there's a huge spectrum in between as well. And so even what I would call like my default cesarean, so if I'm not doing a maternal assisted cesarean, that and this can usually be achieved even at the vast majority of the most urgent emergency cesareans, we can still achieve things like um, delayed cord clamping, like skin-to-skin contact with the mum and the baby, like having music playing and that, those other say environmental things, like let's try to keep the operating theatre a bit calmer and quieter. We talk about having the lights dimmed. Certainly, I still need surgical lights to be able to see what I'm doing, so we can't necessarily turn off all of the lights, but we can, say, dim some of those surrounding lights. So there, there's definitely some other environmental things that we can do, but there's those other things that we can do to be trying to achieve that mother-baby bonding experience even in the absence of a maternal assistant cesarean where we can lower those drapes so she can watch the birth of her baby and then I can place that baby directly onto her chest straight away, especially whilst we're waiting for delayed cord clamping because I always say whilst that cord is still attached, there's only very limited places I can put that baby. There's not very far that it can go. Doesn't it make the most amount of sense that we just place it on the mother's chest yes it does (laughs) so let's let's do all of those things at a cesarean birth regardless of whether or not it's maternal assisted or not and again not for everybody some people don't want that some people perhaps feeling for example a bit squeamish about seeing blood or they think they're going to see their insides or whatnot and you're not but if you've got that fear or that concern then we certainly don't have to do it this way i can still do delayed cord clamping for example whilst those curtains are still up and you don't have to necessarily see your baby if you prefer to have all of that a little bit distant And until, say, baby is wiped down and cleaned up and mm-hmm. a little bit more presentable for those people that don't feel comfortable with that sort of thing. So we can adjust. We absolutely mm-hmm. can adjust to whatever your preferences would be.
0: I think that's so good for women to know because, again, I think a lot of women think that everything is just thrown out the window and that they don't really have any advocacy or choice or preference when it comes to surgery because it's not really their domain and I think it's really important for women to know there are still it just can be those micro changes in the environment or in the procedures and the practices that can make the world of difference to how you feel about your birth and how connected you feel to it and to not make it a very sterile cold environment which traditionally surgeries can be so I think that's really powerful for women to have these talks with their care provider and their obstetricians and discuss what preferences they have. It all comes down to collaboration. Like I think so many women are are nervous or scared to ask, but it's all about working together. And all your obstetrician can do is come back and say, look, I can't do this because of X, Y, Z, but maybe we could do that instead. And like finding that really happy middle ground where everybody's happy. Because like you said, when it comes to surgery, there's protocols and there's things that need to happen to keep the environment safe. But I'm sure there's also a lot of wiggle room in ways that you didn't imagine. So it's really important to have these conversations. I imagine as well, like the feedback you're getting from women, how are they describing having these maternal-assisted cesareans, particularly the ones that are coming in, they've had probably an emergency C-section the first time or maybe a planned one, and then they're changing their mind and wanting to do something slightly different. They're coming in the second time and having a maternal-assisted. What's their feedback on that? Is this overall just a really
1: positive experience for these women compared to the first time? I would say yes. As I said, I've certainly not had anybody tell me I don't even think I could say that anybody's ever given me any negative feedback full stop. Not even I wish that we had done something different or or whatnot. It has been nothing but positive, wonderful, empowering. A lot of comparisons for people that have had previous experiences where they get to say how different this was from their previous experience. And that even comes down to people. I maybe a, a couple of months ago now did a caesarean on a lady who was having her fifth caesarean and her uh, four previous were elective caesareans. So from that perspective, if you like, not traumatic, like choices that she had made. And, but even at these very planned elective caesareans, especially the last one that she'd had, she had felt like things weren't ideal and she actually described a lot of trauma from that fourth caesarean that she'd had. And then we did this the fifth time. This And those other four caesareans were not with myself, but she came for this fifth one and we did this maternal assisted caesarean. And she cried and I cried and it was uh, amazing. And especially when she said things like that she was honest, this fifth baby wasn't necessarily on her radar. She thought she was done with the fourth and she was sad and disappointed that her last birth experience then at that point had been this difficult experience traumatic experience for her and now she was able to go out with a bang if you like and have this fifth baby and have this wonderfully empowering birth experience restoring her faith in in birth and what she was able to achieve and accomplish and then there's a story like that says we're doing good Mm -hmm. i think we're doing
0: good That's such a beautiful story. What a way to wrap up your family and, yeah, to go out with a bang and have such a positive experience to end that on. I think that's really beautiful. I'd love to know where you're moving forwards now for maternal assisted cesarean. So I read somewhere that you've implemented this procedure or helped implement it, seven different countries. Is that right?
1: Yeah, crazy. I won't take the credit for that, but what I'll say is certainly how that's come about is that I was able to, say, show these videos of my maternal assisted cesareans on social media. Uh, and then those videos have been quite widely shared. And the more and more people that see it, the more and more conversations I'm having with women and with healthcare providers around the world who have, say, contacted me out of the blue going, can you help me um, to be able to achieve this where I am? And I'm more than willing to do that because how wonderful to see it catching on. And I'm not not afraid to share that knowledge. And I'll tell them what I've learned and, and how I do it, and and give them all the help that they can. And then to have yeah, I think we're up to seven countries now who believe that they're doing it for the first time in their country. Mm-hmm. And I can't necessarily vouch that that's correct, but they believe that they're doing it for the first time in their country. And I know that I've helped to support them achieved that. What a wonderful feeling. I didn't even I had no concept of that when I just did it for one of my patients, that it would have such a wide-ranging impact around the world. Isn't that crazy? I think that's amazing. It shows
0: the power of the internet, right? And social media. It can be so positive and so powerful. And I'm just thinking for anyone listening who's I would really love this if you know that a cesarean is the birth route that you're going down. And this sounds really appealing to you, but you're not sure if your doctor's on board, just get them to call Natalie, get them to
1: have a little chat with her. (laughs) Sure you're not busy (laughs) enough. (laughs) My mobile phone number is? (laughs) She'll guide them through it. We'll (laughs) We'll
0: get you all sorted. No, that's really wonderful to hear. I think, again, it's just a really, another beautiful option to allow women to have empowered birth, regardless of how it all turns out. I think, again, it doesn't need to be this contrast of like home birth with fairy lights or sterile cold environment, cesarean section traumatic. There's so much scope there to have births that are amazing and empowering and warm and you feel safe and you feel secure and supported regardless of how that environment looks or how it looks on paper. I think that's really important to note. So thank you so much for joining me, Natalie. This has been a really wonderful conversation. I really appreciate your unique perspective. I think I so appreciate the challenges that you face in the role that you're working in and the change that you're trying to push forward. And whilst that could be really hard, I'm sure on many days that you think, oh gosh, why am I doing this? Why am I trying to forge this path with all these barriers and obstacles and challenges? And But you know what, I think every single woman that is in your care would appreciate all the work you're doing to just support women as best that you can and from all the different angles and like you said from the low intervention physiological birth all the way up to the high intervention where your skills truly are needed I just really value that you are doing something different and really just like honoring your what your intuition is telling you is the right way forward for you and I just think that's so appreciated in this world and yeah I really value that so thank you so much for joining us do you
1: have any final words of wisdom or anything you want to share (laughs) No I think I it's a journey and I think every single woman teaches me something new as she comes through my care as well so it's an ever evolving situation so watch this space but right my catchphrase will continue to be that I am very keen to advocate for every woman to have the most empowering birth she can and the best version of that birth possible for her. As you say, regardless of whether or not she's aiming for, say, a water birth at home or if she's aiming for an elective cesarean on man- maternal request, then let's make that the best possible version of that we possibly can for her. I love that so much.
0: Thank you for joining me, Natalie. Thank you. Hey, mummers, I really hope that you love that chat with Dr. Natalie all about maternal assisted cesarean sections and that's helped you get more information around what they might be. Maybe you've never heard of them or maybe they're not offered where your local hospital is, but these are definitely conversations to be having with your care providers if this is important to you. And if it's important to you, it's worth communicating. So, I really encourage you to go and have these conversations, or at least, even if you can't do a maternal assisted cesarean, we know now that C-section preferences and making the environment more beautiful, more intimate, more suited to you is absolutely possible, especially in the case of planned cesarean sections. So please have these conversations. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater if you think I have to have a surgical birth. I'll just go along with the flow. Like you can definitely still. Have empowered cesarean section births, and you can still have beautiful experiences if this is what you desire. If you want to connect with Natalie, you can find her at Dr. Natalie Elfingston. And if you want to chat with me, you know where I am I'm at, Matt Physiolora. I'd love to hear your feedback on this episode. I know that this was total news to me that you could pull your own baby out. So I'd really love to hear if you've had this experience and how it was for you. Now make sure you subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physiolora podcast because I have some epic interviews still to come to be released before Christmas. There's an amazing lineup of people that I've interviewed and I would hate for you to miss out. So please subscribe and I hope wherever you are, you're having a wonderful day and I will chat with you soon. Bye.